Another Way to Play, episode 51. This is Yuri Butsi, creative director and mentor, slasher. <laughs> and if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Shruzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the 9-to-5 rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Yuri Butzi. He is an actor turned life coach who started it all out as a law student. It's a very interesting story and one that you're absolutely going to want to listen to. In uh, his journey, uh, he started out in the north of Italy, came down to the south with his mother when his parents split, talks about some of the uh, culture shocks, some of the, the transition points from a very early age and how that sort of foreshadowed what would happen later because he went through two major shifts, which I just mentioned, uh, one out of law into acting and one out of acting into life coaching. Um, he really gets into something specific that I think is really important, which is basically listening to your gut. Uh, he talks about it as there's a moment when you know what moves you and you just have to go for it. There's a strong feeling around your values, beliefs, all your whys, etc. that just drove him into the acting space and then has ultimately driven him into the coaching space as well. And when you identify those and get clear and aligned on those things, that's when the direction becomes clear. So you're going to want to listen to that if you're even thinking about a transition at the moment. And if you are getting value out of the show, guys, I would appreciate it after you listen. Take a minute, head down into the show notes, uh, find the link to the iTunes if you're not already listening on iTunes, and head over there, leave a rating and review. It really helps me grow, helps the show grow, helps it reach a few more people. So I'd greatly appreciate that. And then uh, while you're down in the show notes, my Calendly link's all down there. So you can have a call with me. We can connect and communicate one-on-one. I just get to know each other and, uh, you know, try to figure out how to keep making the show a little better. So appreciate that. Thank you for listening. And without any further ado, this is my interview with Yuri Butzi. Yuri, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Hans. Thank you so much. That is really a pleasure, actually, to be here. Thank you so much. Well, you've had an interesting story, as we've talked about in the pre-chat and kind of alluded to in the bio. But before we get to all of that, let's back up. Let's start from the beginning. Let's build a little bit of context and talk about where your story began. Absolutely. Uh, Imagine, I was born in the north of Italy. And I lived there for 12 years. And then my parents, they split up. And um, I moved, I followed my mom. I moved from from the north of Italy to the south. So there is already there a big change, you know, in other parts of the world, when you move from Mm -hmm. the north to the south, there is a different contest going on, a different way of living, a different approach to life. Uh, That is where I I started and I grew up. 
in this mm -hmm. uh, big change, I would say, because I haven't finished coal at the time uh, in the north. So I had to move all the way, uh, halfway uh, through school, the primary school. So I had to finish my school in the South Italy because my mom then at the time got married again in South Italy. And I was starting uh, enjoying this, this kind of controversial change because in the north, the way we were growing up, the way we were doing with little things, even playing, right? We used to go and stay um, and play after like four in the afternoon and play at someone's house, right? Mm -hmm. And in the south of Italy, the way we were playing was more um, um, in the street. <laughs> from like after one in the in the afternoon so people uh -huh. they were like getting literally, literally dirty with mud and things and playing uh, uh, games in the street and the north was more kind of polite or composed and more so that yeah. was already a, a big change for me and the way as well you were approaching with people you know in the north was i would say more um i wouldn't say more educated but the way you communicate with other kids was more uh, based on uh, communicating in a more polite way, your expression, the way you want to express yourself, your freedom. In the South, that freedom was more kind of uh, strong, more rough. <laughs> so you mm -hmm. started feeling like maybe you, you get the first slap on your face from a kid because he wanted to tell you something you maybe you didn't understand so that there was a bit more violence in that way mm. and um, so that was a really kind of a, a, a really drastic change there from from the way i was growing up and uh, from going to a, a private school in the north and in in the public school in the south so was that already something really um tough but life was I will start feeling life better <laughs> mm -hmm. in teaching me things. Yeah, you so you just right out of the gate, you had a, a pretty big culture shock in that way, and yeah. that, and it seems like you you leaned into a lot of it, um, but you know, nonetheless, it definitely shaped you and and probably had its own set of challenges. Absolutely. So you finished school, you had a lot of your adolescence and some of your growing up in the south, and then and then where did you go from there? Yeah, and then I was I was doing um, I did my uh, I started accounting, I did my diploma as an accountant in uh, in South Italy, and because my family had a lot of um, uh, lawyers friends, and uh, I remember um, the the idea of starting um, doing my bachelor in law, and I was really good with memory and memorizing uh scripts and uh, and articles and and so i thought okay i'll do my bachelor in law but at the same time while i was starting i was starting studying my bachelor in law a little passion started emerging as well because in the, in, the, in the small town i was living in there was this uh, uh theater amateur, amateur theater and i was starting actually getting really passionate about theater and that form of expression on stage. So I start my bachelor, bachelor in law, but then there was that, it started a bit that, that way, that feeling that something wasn't working out the way I thought it could. And I wasn't getting uh, fulfilled out of that uh, study in that, that bachelor in law. And is there when I was like uh, in my twenties and I thought, okay, 
I want to do something if I felt the passion, the moment that something was changing because I was uh, as well uh, exploring my passion in theater at the time. Um, and I felt I want to, I want to make a change. I want to quit my bachelor law mm-hmm. because that is, this is not working out the way I thought. And I, I'm not expressing myself fully as I, I think I could. And I remember uh, telling to my mothers, to my mother, I was saying, saying, mom, I want to be an actor. Mm. <laughs> she said, oh, they do want to be an actor. But that is not even a job, acting. I said, like, <laughs> well, how, how, how are you going to do it? What, I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll demonstrate to you that it actually could be a job. And, uh, and it's there when I felt that I wanted to move from South Italy. Uh, even because I was living in that small town, uh, well, literally 15,000 people, not a big city. And I, I felt the need uh, to express myself uh, in a different way and going to uh, do it through School of Cinema. I wanted to move to Rome and study School of Cinema, acting and directing. So that was already a big push to quit something that was more stable, like kind of low, mm-hmm. the bachelor in law and something that where I could have had more mentorship from someone mm-hmm. that um, belonged or was keen and next to my family and doing something completely different that nobody of my family knew about or had contact, contact um, or I'd tried before. So that was really, really uh, a choice that I made just following my guts instead of that. Absolutely. Yeah, you had a a big shift there because it's, you know, the law over to filmmaking and acting and directing is while there's an element of performance in law, I think, you know, to some degree uh, is, is certainly not one of those sort of quote unquote creative careers that most people would think, right. It's like you're an accountant or a lawyer. It's like, you have the rules, you have the books and that's what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because, in fact, actor, lawyers in the past, right, were called actors. Mm. You know, they were actors and they were, they were performing a ritual, you know, when they were per, per, perhaps selling something and to actors were actually the rest, the thing, they were selling mm-hmm. something, a thing, they were performing a ritual. So yeah, you're right. Uh, and so there is something of acting there but not quite, but you have to feel, you have to follow a formal way of acting. What I wanted to do was more like connected with the feeling, mm. the freedom of expressing yourself without putting barriers or without uh, following rules mm. um, that sometimes society um, kind of pulls out there. And I think that is to a lesser or or greater degree what a lot of people feel when they're sort of struggling and trying to decide to go um, follow their gut, follow a passion, follow something that they're really excited about. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do um, to, to follow your gut and follow this thing as opposed to a stable career or money or whatever yeah. or job title. Um, yeah. But there's there's this moment of unrest where you really have to make a decision of like is this really the the direction that i'm going to take because it seems risky it seems 
like a silly idea. It seems like a dream, frankly, for to most, I'm sure. Um, how did you how did you justify that for yourself, and how did you grapple with that decision to go away from the law and into into acting, and what ultimately pushed you over the edge? But you know, sometimes um, Hans is as you said, you follow your guts, but at the same times, you know, there is that moment where you actually you just go for it without even thinking you know what is moving you i knew at the time because sometimes it's really important to know what is moving you in that moment because one thing is like to say okay tomorrow i want to be a painter i don't know what is moving me to do to be a painter and i just go for it what I had at the time, and I will tell you in a second, what I had at the time, I had a, a really strong belief that was moving me. At the time when I moved from the passion, from, from the, the, the bachelor-in-law to the passion uh, to be an actor, my strong values and belief, the why was, why, Yuri, do you want to do it? Because I want more money. That was in my mind. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. thought that, that would have brought me more money. And because of what I was um, leaving at the time, and what I I, I, I lived like um, the, my parents split up, so they abandoned. I wanted more recognitions. Mm-hmm. I felt really strong that, so I wanted to be recognized more from the public, from people, the applause from the public. So I wanted more money. I wanted to be more recognized. So that was the thing that pushed me strongly because I I really believed that by following those two kind of uh, idea of success that would have made me feel better or more fulfilled i really did, did believe that so that was the the major the guts following the guts but at the same time having I mean, a strong belief that by following those two uh, big values my life would have been fulfilled more and i would have felt more joyful and more content so you had this this strong desire that it sounds like you could articulate pretty well in a direction you were going you just knew that if you didn't pursue that direction that you were probably going to regret it to some degree on the one hand but also it was just so strong and so clear in the other direction that you had to commit otherwise probably be pretty miserable if you didn't go that direction exactly that so it was really for for that age i was really um specific Mm-hmm. in what would, could have made me feel better, which is, I always say when I do, when I talk uh, in my session as well, it is really important. Sometimes it seems really simple to say, oh yeah, but the why, why I, I, I want this because it's really, really important to, stab, to establish the why and what is moving you. So that mm-hmm. was it. Absolutely. I, I, having that why, uh, that sort of fuels you and what fills you up, so to speak, is critical. And I, I mean, I can personally say that I had, you know, financial goals that I've hit and achieved and that's all great. But like those don't necessarily fill you up in the same way as what you're describing. And it sounds like you had something beyond uh, financial gain that really was driving you and, and you, it was an itch you just had to scratch. Yeah, at the time that was it. it was like the money, but at the same time, the recognition, feeling more appreciated mm-hmm. by people. Absolutely. Feeling, you know, that was my thing. It's like, oh, 
I can go out there and people, they could tell, they, they, they could tell and they will tell, oh, that's good. That, that actually is good and is making me feel good. That was my thing at the time that was moving. Um, and that's why I moved then to Rome to study the School of Cinema. So you, you pursued this desire, this thing that you just felt had to happen for yourself. And you turned that into a pretty, pretty long career in the acting directing world. Tell, tell us about that and how, how that, uh, how that progressed. That, for is, you. that is like you, you, using your words from your podcast, another way to play. Yeah. That is where I moved. Right. And I was from my bachelor in law. I discovered this other way to play like kind of, okay, Yuri, follow your guts, go that direction because that will make, Feel you, will make you feel better and will make you will give you more uh, substance. And what happened was then then I've discovered, um, you know, after when I moved to Rome, I thought everyone was waiting for me to be an actor. It's like okay, mm. <laughs> it's like okay, everyone is waiting for me. The doors are gonna be all open. I'm gonna make a lot of money, and I'm gonna be became I'm gonna become famous. And and that was. What will happen at the beginning? Because literally, there is a saying that say that 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 um, um, says that only the first ten years in the in a career of an actor are the most difficult, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is actually the truth. Because for ten years, I had a lot of rejections, a lot, a lot of doors closed, mm-hmm. and interviews or casting were no after no after no. So that was kind of a huge. Um, a huge period of the of being an actor, and while I was studying School of Cinema, and I was getting little roles here and there, and little um, part in movies and TV, and um, but then nothing was happening the way I thought it could. And mm-hmm. in these ten years, then when almost I was giving up, literally, when I was almost kind of not believing anymore in what I was doing because you get frustration. As it can happen in every job, you know, when you don't achieve your goals, you don't achieve what you, you thought you could achieve. I was almost giving up. And in that moment, I've applied for uh, one international competition. They were looking for the, the, new, um, the new World Wild Ambassador, new face for Martini brand to take, in, to take after George Clooney. And then we, between 5,000 people, I won this international competition. And I've signed a big contract for Martini for two years and a half. And I filmed like three worldwide commercial for the brand. And so I started, I've started having that recognition hands that we were talking about and those yeah. money that we were talking about. But what I missed, and this is where I found the other way to play. There, there is where there is a second shift in the life that should be always, um, uh, we should actually take, and always have a, on, an, an eye on what happens in, inside of us. Mm-hmm. Because in those 10 years, when I started the career, you remember I was, my, my values were more based on having more money, having more success, being more recognized. Mm-hmm. But in those 10 years, something was changing inside me values-wise, and I, I didn't pay attention to that change. Sometimes it's really important to realize that because what I felt when I won in that international competition and finally I've achieved what I thought I wanted money and recognition. I wasn't feeling fulfilled either. 
So in that situation, even if I had that success that I thought could have fulfilled me, it didn't. And that is where I've discovered that another way to play the game was like more creating um, a, a more uh, unique and a more authentic connection with people that I was feeling really good when I could help people discover their their full potential or what I could mm-hmm. help people in achieving or defining their purpose that was fulfilling that was making me feel good that's why then I moved to London and I started uh, I did my diploma in coaching and I opened my creative agency to help brands and to help people in actually own and discover and um unleash their full potential that is what makes me feel good so there is when I I shift the game and I've stopped for a moment I said oh this is actually the other way to play that makes me fulfilled that makes me feel better so that has has been another important shift in in retrospect looking back on the 10 years of acting and studying and all the no's and all the um you know the small parts as you said and all the things you did in rome were did you have a moment looking back on it when you think you could have made the shift into coaching sooner and you would have realized it or were you just so focused on the on the acting and the in the filmmaking that there was you weren't even listening to the other part of yourself because you were it was solo all-encompassing you know this is a really good question Anne, because i've been i've been thinking about that uh a couple of weeks ago and sometimes it comes back this thought in my mind and do you know what is the answer that, you know, there are a lot of parts inside of us. There are a lot of yeah. <laughs> different, different hands, different Yuri's. Uh, and there is the young Yuri, right? The more, um, the, the one which is more the naughty one that it will answer straight away saying, but that would have been me if yeah. I, 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 I would have done the shift before. Because I think that sometimes regrets, they're not really a thing. Because you can't regret something that you didn't do in a specific period of your life. Because if you didn't do in that specific period of your life, it means that that was not possible for you, for your capabilities, for your way of thinking in that period of your life. And simply as that didn't happen, and that is part of your journey, it's part of your path. Because mm-hmm. as you know, everyone has a different way. You know, there are people they discover. Uh, some qualities or some skills at 10 and then there are people they discover that at 20 but that doesn't mean they, they're more valuable because you discover it at 10 and less valuable because you discover it at 20. Actually mm-hmm. the discovery some some things you like there is an old an old sage saying that you you will die but he didn't he didn't stop learning because even when you're 70 when you're 80 there are certain things that you could have learned before you have to learn in a specific period of your life mm. so i wouldn't say no i wouldn't I, I didn't i don't i don't regret that even though sometimes there is the other part of me the more uh uh how do you say the the, the more the wise one they say you should have done that before <laughs> <laughs> I, I really and as a different voice as well you know 
because yeah. the, the, the naughty part is like, well, come, come on, you could have done that. And the other one, you should have done that before. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think about that for myself. Like I, I was in retrospect as an athlete, I was, I was, I could have been quite big and, you know, I could have played some other sports potentially just based on the size and the amount of weights I could yeah. lift and all of those sort of, you know, how fast I could run all that stuff. When I think back to like football, for example, I played football when I was very young, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and really was undersized for most of that career. And I grew late and I was more timid. And to be someone who plays college or professional football at a very high level, you have to be someone who sort of, you know, carries it through from a young age all the way to the professional level. Yeah. And, you know, while physically, maybe by the time I was in my 20s, I could have competed with these guys it was like at the time that was just not part of my reality or my ability and so to think about regret about oh maybe I should have gone and played football I should have done some other thing is as you said sort of outside of your scope or your capabilities at the time and then you find your other you know as long as you're constantly searching and sort of critiquing and asking yourself is this the best is this what I really want to do I think that's when you really start to get into um, where you should be, when you should be there. Absolutely agree, Han. And even sometimes even realizing the way you were playing before, you know, was, was so beautiful. It was really beautiful. I could be, you know, I, was, I really enjoyed my youth mm-hmm. and uh, the mistakes and all the, the boring moments as well, you know, doing nothing. I, that was was good it happens it just yeah. and that was the better me you know the better me at the time and then of course there is a path of discovery and then you change and you shift and you yeah, but that is what is beautiful about it absolutely well you're you're now into coaching you found a, a found you went after a degree and then found a career path where you're helping people you know find yeah. their passions find their paths um can you talk to us about your, your coaching practice and what it is that you honed in on specifically and then how you actually got there kind of practically as well? Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, as I said, was uh, the, other, the other part, the other shift of my, of my career uh, after signing that contract and after realizing that what was really fulfilling me was helping people or the, 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 the momentum, the moment where I could give and communicate and help people to, to communicate better their, their will or their values. Then I said, oh, wait a second. Okay, I'm an, I've studied acting and directing. Uh, okay, I can, I can stay, I can be on stage. I can communicate with people, but how can I actually help people more? to unlock certain blocks. And, and, and then I've started searching the best uh, diploma in coaching. And so I could uh, put my mentor skills of you know, 20 years of be studying and working in uh, acting and, um, and communicating with actually some technique of life coaching as well to support. And that is where I went to the university here in London and I started, I studied at the Animas. I did my diploma in wine here. And it was a beautiful discovery as well for myself. Because when you study certain tools and when you study certain, um, uh, something to help people, you discover about yourself 
as well mm-hmm. and be more about yourself. So it was a kind of a, a one year journey, really incredible that you think, oh, but I thought I knew that listening was one of my skills, but then you realize that listening, actually active listening is completely another thing and opens up a world to you. And so that is where I, I started um, as well um, training uh, with other people and trying to testing and um, did, did all the coaching skills and doing sessions. And, and while I was doing that, I was feeling more and more uh, actually empowered by uh, this experience. And that is where uh, I finished like uh, one year ago and I've started straight away uh, in session with actors or creative. They fill in a moment or, or with people, they, they do completely another job, but they will like, maybe they have a dream or they will like creativity more in their lives that they can't express themselves fully or they don't know how to have more creativity in their life or follow more their dreams or their, 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 um, their, their goals, or uh, simply someone that wants to uh, be more effective in public speaking. This is the kind of people and clients that I like to work with, or even a lot of people, they sometimes suffer from anxiety and uh, self-confidence, which is really important. Uh, that is what literally makes me feel good and I can help them with life coaching and mentorship because as uh, that's been part of my journey as well anxiety self-confidence and all this stuff when you're when you're working with somebody especially if they're if they're in more of a traditional career path and then they want to get into the creative side maybe it's art or acting or something yeah. How do you how do you start sussing out that conversation and, and have you know helping them decide if that's a good decision, uh, if that's something that will actually bring them the joy that they're looking for? Like, how do you go about asking those questions right in the very beginning? Most of the time, the first thing I I try to um, create hands is um, a report with the client, and once you create a report, um, I usually say that the way I work at the best is where I can mix uh, coaching, life coaching, pure life coaching, and and, and mentoring as well. That is the way I work the best. And most of the time, simply by listening, and this is really a powerful powerful skill, uh, Hans, uh, listening and creative questioning the client, you have considering what even something that Nietzsche, uh, Frederick Nietzsche was saying in his philosophy that all the answers that we need are literally inside us. And sometimes literally just owning the space for the client to be um, more clear within himself what is what he wants and repeating that kind of will from the client, sometimes you get a lot in his answer back about uh, if there is tension or if there is actually something that is not certain or something that if it's just a fear or if it's just something that he doesn't really know if that Mm. is the path that he wants. So there is a lot for sure in the listening and in the questioning, but as well being as, because I've been in this industry for 20 years, 
sometimes where it's possible and if we agree with the client to be um, a more of, of a guide um, to give to the client as well some um, advice whether is the right direction in moving uh, in that kind of career um, instead of the other and if this is the right moment as well so you're really able to help people understand the answers generally that are already inside them yes yes because and if you don't if you don't hans we go back to what we were talking about before it's because you don't want in that moment and you're not ready for it and you won't see it and it won't happen you know if you want really to discover yourself and there is nobody else and sometimes yeah, I'm, say, I'm gonna say something against my uh, against my my career as um, a coach as well, or other coaches. But literally, sometimes there is no better coach than yourself mm-hmm. if you are willing to do it fully. But mm-hmm. you need the coach in the moment that you know that you're not gonna do it fully, and you know you, that you need someone to kind of. Uh, follow you and 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 walk uh beside you to show you the way sometimes like sometimes it's really simple a friend or a person or a coach that tells you uh look why are you pushing that door which is closed there is another path here let's try this way yeah something something really simple that can actually make you chin up and say oh wow actually yes i was going completely ashtray uh so sometimes it is really important uh if you are able to want a space for a person and stay there and all that space for a safe space for that person for your client and if he's willing or she's willing to dig deep down and and find the answer that she or he has already that is is something that will empower them uh, a lot. Otherwise, they won't, and it won't work the connection with the coach or with the mentor. And that is the case that you change the path and you will discover maybe later or maybe never. But yeah. that belongs and it's up to you a lot. And, and what you described, like wholeheartedly agree with, because I've had a number of coaches and mentors and there's so many times when I've either had someone just, you know, as you said, chin, put your chin up and, and make you look just 10 degrees to the right or the left. And you all Absolutely. of a sudden see something totally different and help unlock parts of you that you just have so locked up and you can't, you can't figure out how to get, get to. And I, I love that you said it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I felt that way as well in the training. Sometimes, you know, because you first try the coaching on yourself with other people coaching you as well. So you see the power of that. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you need that. And sometimes just life coaching, pure coaching won't work for certain kind of people. They might need a little kick yeah. or a little push. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need that. And it's just, you have to. Absolutely. Really well said. And Yuri, I really appreciate everything you've brought today. I'm, uh, we're getting to the end here, um, but I could 
keep talking to you forever, but I want to respect your time. But want, <laughs> before we get to the final section, I have one other question because you do work with a lot of people who are getting into the creative space or just transitioning in general as a coach. What is one of the biggest success myths that you've ever heard? Well, if you talk, if you're talking about myth, I like the, um, I like the, I, I don't know, since I was a kid, I, I, I always like Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Greek mythology, and there is, I remember there was a story that scared me a bit, but at the same time it was so fascinating about Polyphemus. Mm-hmm. You know, Polyphemus, the, the, gi- the giant with the, just one eye. Yes, yep. There was this, this giant with just one eye that actually, uh, and there was this story of uh, Ulysses, not Odysseum, if you call it, that it was traveling uh, and it, it was going to this really um, big to go back to Ithaca. Right. And then all of a sudden he, he stopped on this fully famous island. Uh, and there was this, uh, this, uh, this giant actually trapped him and his crew, and then they managed to go away from the, the, the cave because they got him drunk and mm-hmm. they kind of fooled him and they, they, they plant a stick on his eye and then they, they run away kind of um, hiding themselves and, and like kind of rubbing themselves um, because the, the, even if he was blind, the polyphemus, was checking yeah. here and there if there were someone was coming out from the cave and they were hiding like um, um, underneath the sheep. They were literally grabbing the sheep and were coming out with the sheep and, and then they ran away. So I like this because in the, as always in life, in the drama, there is a bit of this comedy that takes us away from the sorrow and, um, and, and teach us that life is actually like that sometimes, just uh, a game that we didn't learn all the rules yet, but we keep playing it. So I kind of um, like this this myth of this polyphemus that is a bit it. dramatic and a bit uh, of a comedy as well. Awesome. Well, Yuri, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm, uh, I've never had anyone talk about the Odyssey before on the podcast. So it's a, I'm glad that we brought that up. Um, bringing some culture to the, to the show here. We're going to transition to the last section of the show called the Focus Five, which is the same five questions that I ask every guest on every show. Oh, yes. Um, so, first question for you is what book have you gifted most often? Uh, often, most often is the one I was reading actually, and I asked the people to gift it to me as well, which is the search Osho. I love um, I love Osho, and there is this the search, um, and it's about finding your inner power and um, and your potential. So, and it's it's really a really nice uh, dip dig down into fears, and yeah, it's a lovely lovely book. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Definitely, definitely, uh, which I mentioned before, uh, Frederick, uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, because it is inc- the story is incredible. He, lo- he wrote a lot about the ego mm-hmm. and the Superman able to find answers within ourselves 
and uh, a man that can overcome all every situation in life and whichever situation life throws at him so the, the conception of this really powerful man and then again when the drama of life becomes a, a bit of a comedy in the drama he died like around 50s mm-hmm. and he, he literally in, the, uh, in around 40 he got mad literally he lost his mind and uh, and he couldn't actually and he was unknown and only after that he became really famous and his theory and his philosophy became mm-hmm. so popular so that is a joke of life yeah. you know that is yeah. like life joking and uh is it's so powerful so i, I would talk to him like literally hours and say what is what it was about Oh, that's literally, literally. (laughs) That's a great, great answer. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? This about life, (laughs) about (laughs) life itself, because uh, we all agree to disagree about life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely life. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? First thing, get up in the morning, a bit of neck stretch <laughs> level right because i'm getting my 40 so yeah 41 a bit of you know movement on my neck the first thing then a breakfast i love breakfast mm-hmm. that is bre- the first breakfast i would say and then i go straight into meditation straight into meditation 20 minutes of meditation and then uh i love second breakfast while i start a conference calls or contacting clients and definitely this yuri thank you so much for being on the show today what is the best place online that we can connect with you the most absolutely my website is www.yuribuzzi.com and of course my instagram at yurjb I will put both of those into the show notes. So guys, you can go down there, connect with Yuri on Instagram and his website. Um, Man, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Bless you. Bless you, Hans. Thank you so much. And all the best with your podcast and everything in life. And that does it for today. Uh, head down into the show notes if you want to connect with Yuri. You've got all his stuff down there, his, his website, his Instagram, and some of his other social profiles. And while you're down there, my Calendly link is available. So if you want to pop on, I've got some time coming up uh, to chat, to connect, just to get to know you one-on-one a little bit better. So head down and grab a slot as well as uh, head over to iTunes if you're getting value out of the show in the least. I would really appreciate a rating and review uh, on that platform because it helps the show grow tremendously. It gives me a lot of great feedback because I do read those reviews uh, and just helps me become better and better. Uh, so thank you for listening. This is Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, and remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.